Let's read from Second Peter chapter 2, verses 20 to 22. 2 Peter 2, verse 20. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state is become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 20 to 22 is one of those passages that causes great difficulty for Bible commentators. One of the issues we deal with has to do with our theology. And our temptation, of course, is to interpret everything through our theological perspective or our theological eyeglasses. I have to admit that for a number of years I, I fell into that problem and uh, I would come to a passage of scripture that challenged my theological persuasion and instead of allowing the passage to challenge my theology, I would have to fit the passage into my theology. But one of the basic rules of interpreting scripture is to let it speak for itself. Scripture defines our theology, and if our theology defines Scripture, we, we fall into error. Scripture is the authoritative word of God. Theology is merely man's attempt to understand God. It is not inerrant. If my theology and Scripture come into conflict, Scripture must always win that battle. And if I must twist the scripture to fit my theology, then my theology is not based on scripture. Now, as we begin, remember the context of these verses. And the context is Peter's discussion about false prophets and their ways. And describing these false prophets, Peter has just said this. 2 Peter 2, 18 and 19, For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. Now, the apostle tells us that these false prophets entice the vulnerable by means of sensual passions of the flesh. And he reminds us that they promised freedom, but they themselves were enslaved and overcome by those very passions. And it's in this context that Peter tells us in verse 20, for if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled and overcome. The last state has become worse than the first. Notice several details here. First, they have escaped the defilements of the world. Verse 20. 
The individual, the individuals P- Peter speaks about here have escaped the defilements of the world. These defilements have to do with the sensual passions of the flesh and the ungodliness of the world around them. In other words, these individuals had experienced a significant change in their lives. Notice the word escape here. That, that's to say that they had been trapped in an ungodly lifestyle and mindset. Maybe they were living under addictions of all kinds. Maybe they lived an immoral life of sensual passion. Maybe they were trapped in violence and abuse. Maybe they lived in dishonesty, overcome by materialism and greed. The word escape shows us, however, that they had some victory over these lifestyles of corruption and sin. Second, Peter goes on to tell us how these individuals had victory over the defilements of this world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The change in their lives was not due to some self-help course that they took at a conference, nor was it the result of a New Year's resolution to do better. The change they had came about in their lives because or as a result of the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, understand that this knowledge of Jesus had an impact on their lives. It was not just an intellectual understanding about Jesus. This knowledge of Jesus brought about a change. It had set them free from the corruption of the world in which they had been entrapped. Third, these individual who's, who, individuals who escaped the corruption of the world through Jesus Christ, or the knowledge of Jesus Christ, became again entangled and overcome. Verse 20, they are again entangled in them, that is the defilements of this world and corruptions, and overcome. The idea here is that these individuals returned to their former lifestyle. That's to say, they did not remain faithful to the Lord Jesus, but fell back into their old ways. Now, notice the words entangled and overcome. These words show us that it was much more than just falling into sin. Every one of us falls into sin in word, in deed, in thought, in attitude, but we're not entangled and overcome by that sin. We, we confess our sins and are restored to fellowship, but the sin described here are, are, are sins that overcome and turn an individual from God after experiencing something of his power and work. Now, some years ago, I was working on the island of Reunion in the Indian Ocean and was responsible for correcting Bible correspondence courses that were coming in. And one of the questions in that course was something to this effect. Are you a Christian? And how do you know that you are saved from your sin? And the student replied something to this effect. Yes, I am a Christian and know this because several years ago I was sick and the Lord healed me. Now, here was an individual who had experienced the power of God in her life, and she was grateful for this, but believed that because Jesus had healed her physically, she was a believer. 
But listen to the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, Jesus speaks here to prophets, exorcists, faith healers, preachers. And these individuals gathered a crowd and ministered in the name of Jesus. They cast out demons. They, they did mighty works in the name of Jesus. People were impressed by the power that was demonstrated through these individuals in the name of Jesus. But despite these powerful demonstrations of power in, in the name of Jesus, listen to what the Lord says to them. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Here were individuals who were experiencing the very power of God. But Jesus tells them that he never knew them. Consider also the teaching of Jesus in Matthew 13. Here Jesus explains the parable of the sower in the following terms. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfaithful. In this parable, Jesus describes a people who receive the word with joy and endure for a while. The problem, however, is that their roots are not deeply rooted, and when the sun comes up, they shrivel away. Or when the temptations come, like the thorns and weeds, they choke out these plants so that they wither away and die. You see, there's a brand of Christianity that is worldly and self-dependent. Those who follow this brand know about Jesus and his work. They, they serve him the best they know how. They generally live a good life. They're faithful in church attendance. Some even devote their lives to serving the Lord. They pray. They read the Bible. They worship the Lord. And to all appearances, these Christians seem to be quite genuine. Like the people Peter mentions here, these individuals have even escaped, to some extent, the corruption of the world through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But what we need to understand here is like the seed sown on stony ground, they do not have the ability to endure and prove the genuineness of their faith. Now, while on this earth, many follow Jesus. Thousands, thousands gathered to hear and preach on the mountain. Crowds surrounded him wherever he went. Many were healed by the Lord and went on to live a changed life. But when Jesus died, however, Acts 1 and verse 15 tells us that the total number of believers was about 120 in number. Thousands followed Jesus and experienced his power. 
Much few, however, much fewer, however, remain faithful after his death. There are those Jesus has touched and changed who will fall away. Now, Peter tells us here that the last state has become worse for them than the first. How we'd understand that? Writing to Timothy, the, the apostle Paul shared how he had blasphemed the Lord but was forgiven because he acted in unbelief. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 13. So formerly, I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. There's one thing worse than blaspheming the Lord Jesus, and that is doing so after coming to understand who he is. Paul persecuted the church, but, but when he met the Lord Jesus, his life was changed. He acted out of ignorance. He didn't know truly that Jesus was the Son of God, and he was forgiven for his blasphemy because he acted out of ignorance. There are individuals who have had every opportunity to know the Lord, unlike Paul. Some have grown up in a Christian home. They, they've heard the message of the gospel from their infancy. They've experienced the power of God in their lives. God has answered their prayer in many ways. They have even experienced a taste of what it's like to be a true believer. But in the end, they turn their backs on it all. It is one thing to have never heard the message of the gospel and to walk in sin. It is quite another to know the truth and rebelliously turn. Turn your back on it. To whom much is given, much is required. Have you experienced the power of Jesus in your life? Have you seen God answer your prayers? Have you known the presence of God in your circumstances? Then you are without excuse and under a greater obligation to turn your back on what you have seen and know is to incur greater punishment than those who have never known at all. So Peter tells those who escape through the knowledge of Christ that it would be better for them never to have known this escape in the knowledge of Christ than to know and turn their backs. Verse 21 says this, For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. Every opportunity you have been given to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ places you under a greater obligation. Every experience you have with the person of Jesus demands greater accountability. The more you know, the more you will have to answer for. The Apostle James expresses it this way when speaking about teachers in James chapter 3 and verse 1. Now many of you should, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. The teacher 
teacher saturates himself in the word of God and that places the teacher under a greater obligation. To teach one thing and practice another will demand stricter judgment. Peter concludes this section with the words of a proverb in Second Peter 2 and verse 22. The proverb reads as follows. The dog returns to its own vomit and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. Both the dog and the pig were unclean animals. It was the nature of the dog to eat his own vomit. It was the nature of the pig to wallow in the mud. It is the nature of the sinner to return to his sin. And those whose nature has never been truly changed will never persevere in what is contrary to that nature. Put a bow tie in the pig and it will still wallow in the mud. Put a fork and spoon, give a fork and spoon to the dog and it will still lick up its own vomit. The individuals Peter speaks about here had never experienced a true change in their life. That is to say, their nature, their very core of their being, their nature had never changed. They were still in their sin. Peter speaks here about a brand of Christianity that radically transforms the sinner. The person who, who knows this brand of Christianity is no longer who they used to be. The, the old has passed and the new has come. The power of God is in them to overcome. The presence of God's spirit transforms and empowers them. This is not a Christianity of the flesh. It's not a Christianity of doing the best you can. This is a life-transforming presence of Jesus Christ living in us. It is a powerful reality that when we experience that no one who has experienced can ever be the same after experiencing it. It is a Christianity that, that dies to itself. It is a life lived not in human strength and wisdom, but in the power of the Spirit of God in us. It is a life that is sold over to God. It is a life that no longer desires desires to return to the mud and vomit of this world. It, is, it has died to all of that and now lives for something of greater value, something much higher, something much greater. And may God give to us the kind of faith that perseveres and does not return to its old ways and all traditions, but a true and genuine faith that is real and empowered by the very presence of Jesus Christ and his spirit within our lives.